Welcome back to Until Further Notice. I'm Matthew Burton. And I'm Chris Edwards. And today we're going to be talking about the main things that we've had questions about overnight since we put the podcast out for the first time. So thank you to everybody who has watched, not watched, listened, Listen. you don't watch, unless you are just literally watching a screen. We've been inundated, haven't we, Matt? Let's be honest, we've been, we've been we've, absolutely we've, run off our feet with messages from people. We've had upward of one question upward message. Upward of one, yeah, um, I mean, pushing... Not far pushing, upward. Well, well, yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you to all those people for your kind comments. Yeah, and it's good that we can say people, which because two is plural, isn't it? It is. <laughs> um, but just a reminder, please do like on Spotify or whatever your podcast provider is, um, and then all of them will fall into your, I don't know, electronic uh, lap inbox of, of electronic podcasts, lap. wherever they go. The, yeah. yeah. Electronic yeah. lap. Yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't aware they existed, but uh, apparently they do. Which it's a, it's is, which a metaphor, nice. Matthew. You should be aware of that as a figurative use of language. It was fantastic, and I applaud you wholeheartedly for it. Thank you very much. What are we talking about? Right. Well, most of the questions have, have been around motivation. And I say most, again, it is two. But they've been largely around motivation. And I think, really, what motivation is... Really, I mean, it, realistically, what is it? You think about it, generally it comes down to being bothered, doesn't it? It and does. when we've got a global pandemic going on, when everything around the, the, the world is, is happening as it is, and the news is so quick and so dispiriting and, and, and difficult to listen to, I understand where that sort of lack of motivation could easily creep in from, to be honest. Yeah. And I, because yeah. those forces that would compel us to act positively, you know, they are a bit of a struggle at the moment, aren't they? They were a huge struggle. They're a huge struggle for all of us, let alone these young people who have just been uh, been sent home out of nowhere to go and get on with some mm. work without their teachers. I think um, Charlotte, who sent the question in, started by saying, loved the first episode. Thank you, Charlotte. Low bar there. Immediately becomes a favourite. She is. She's in, in for life. <laughs> and she talked about engaging the disengaged with home learning and mm. um, said that she. I think she's been trying to call one of their most disengaged and and hasn't had any luck, I would say... So Charlotte's a teacher? Charlotte, I think Charlotte is a teacher. Yeah, I think Charlotte is a teacher. And she's very, very keen to get this young man who is disengaged, engaged with his work. And it's a tough one. I've been writing a book about motivation, Matthew. I know that you've written a book, and well done for not mentioning it. Um, But I, I had a book deal to write a book about motivation and I lost the motivation to carry on writing it. And do you know why that was? I got 19,000 words and then I got the book deal and it all just went to pot. It all just disappeared. And there's something in that about what motivates us. When I was doing it for love and the enjoyment of it, I was flying through it. As soon as I had that extrinsic motivation to do it, I lost it. Absolutely lost it. So... We need to have a look at what motivates people and, and certainly what motivates young people and how we're going to get them working during this prolonged break from school. So, Yeah, definitely. And that sort of links in with the, the Daniel Pink stuff, doesn't it? Drive, about yep, what motivates us. And, there's a, and, and I'll, try, I'll try and work it out how to do it, but there's an amazing YouTube video that's sort of done, is animated and sketched and all that, and it looks brilliant. But the best, the, 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 one of the real takeaways from that is that various social studies have been done around the world. I think it was a business in India. And 
what transpired was that people, when they were offered more money to think about things, they didn't necessarily do it or they weren't more productive. Yeah. But when they were offered something that would benefit them as a person rather than financial or whatever, time and, and, that, and that sort of thing, and when they were invested in, they wanted to do it and they were more productive and they were more successful. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it, that that, that drive is... People have this misconception that it is extrinsic and you're always working towards a reward. But actually, as human beings, we're not. Yeah. Often we just want to please, don't Absolutely. we? We want, to, it, we want to make people proud. Yeah. I mean, it can be counterproductive, can't it, offering a reward? I think in that exact same book that you mentioned there, there is a study about... Um, it was in Sweden where they got people in groups together to try and investigate what motivates people to give blood. And the group where they offered them money for giving blood they actually volunteered the least to do it. And looking into it, it was because essentially what they were trying to do was give an extrinsic reward for something that people were doing for the intrinsic reward, and it crowded out yeah. that good feeling that you get from giving blood, and it tainted it. And um, and what they do now is they send you a, a text message when they use your blood to yeah. save someone's life, which I think is much, much better way of doing things. People don't give blood for money. They do it because they want the good feeling of doing it. And I suppose that's our challenge, isn't it, in this period? We want our children to be doing their work because they value it and they know yeah. that at the end of it, there'll be great qualifications to help them get onto that next, next step of learning. But one of, the things we always, one of the things we always talk about is relationships. And, uh, you know, people have different ideas about how important relationships are between teachers and students. Well, this is going to be a big challenge to keep those relationships going. Um, and a lot of it is going to fall on the parents and the carers who are mm -hmm. at home with the children. And I think one of the things we've got to say to people, and you'll come on to this in a minute, I'm sure, is you've got to have some systems in place. Now, mm. we, we've all got the same goals at home. I've got two children, you've got two children, and I take my hat off to primary school teachers because I'm really struggling just with two. But it's all very Even well... Even more so after the last three days. Yeah, exactly right. And it, but it's all, all very well having goals, and that's a great thing. Our goal is to, to try and limit the damage that this is doing to the children not being in school. But everyone has the same goals, and the people who are going to succeed at this are going to be the ones that have the systems in place that are going to yeah. enable their children to do learning. But don't put, too much, don't put well. too much pressure on yourselves. Yeah, absolutely, and I think one of the re that's, of course, one of the reasons why... Schools are still open for the most vulnerable, as well as for critical workers' parents. Yeah. That we, we, for some students can cope with that that time away, but there are plenty of young people across the country, plenty of kids who really cannot cope with that, and it's really important that they maintain that that contact with school. Um, and that is, you know, it's, it's, <coughs> excuse me, it is absolutely critical to to things. And in terms of structures and systems. I've recently read Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and all that, that sort of... You've been doing a lot of reading, Matthew, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I said, when I said recently, I mean uh, in the last 37 years. Right, OK, um, yeah, good, yeah. And um, that is, again, something I found really, really interesting because I think those seven habits that I'll go through in a minute, I think they can be applied to any context that you're in. And I think not necessarily applying just to sort of business and commerce and schools and that sort of thing. Because the first one of those, and if you apply this to sort of a home educating context, if you're a parent now who's listening to this and you're thinking, right, okay, well, how do I go about it? And I've literally been thinking of that 
you know, earlier on this morning, it was, um, you know, I needed to consider how I was going to get through any sort of content with a boy who just wants to kick a football around. <laughs> Bless him. That's not Chris, by the way. That's, uh, that's Theo. <laughs> football counts as content, though, Matt, surely. It, yeah, it does, especially when the weather's going to drop off by seven degrees tomorrow, which yeah. sounds great. But just before you carry but on, that's an important point, isn't it? We've got glorious sunshine. Get your yeah. children out in it for a bit. Don't don't panic and don't believe everything that you see online about other people saying how many wonderful lessons they've got going on today. Just get out and enjoy it. You've got plenty of time yeah. to do the learning. And that pressure is not good for anybody because it can only lead to... We spoke about those relationships, didn't we? You mentioned them. Yeah. Those relationships are completely crucial to what we're trying to do as, as schools. And that triangle of trust between school, home and parents and carers is still absolutely the same. It doesn't make a blind bit of difference. Just because they're not at school does not mean they're not a student at that school. School are there to support and they will provide work. I'm sure they have provided work. Um, but in terms of the, the seven habits, being proactive and thinking about, you know, getting on the front foot and thinking, right, okay, what is it that I want to do about this? And have realistic goals. It's the same with, with the second habit, which is begin with the end in mind. Think about what do you want to be at the end of this? Where do you want their learning to be? And again, don't put too much pressure on yourself to be the, 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 the only person who's having any involvement in their education at this point. What? You are not supposed to. There's no expectation on yeah. parents to get through every single bit. So what advice of, would you, know, you the, give someone? A-level physics what, what, course. what advice would you give to a parent who has got a child in year nine, for example, begin with the end at mind? Where, what are they aiming for? I mean, I, I don't necessarily think... There's a great deal of value. I think look at the stuff that the school's given because schools will be giving out work that is appropriate and is relevant. And largely what I'm seeing is that schools are not necessarily giving out new content to master. Yeah. Generally speaking, it seems, to be, um, it seems to be work that students can go over and sort of make sure it's in the long-term memory and they can go back to it and, and, and revise it and that sort of thing. And where there are new bits of, of work to get on with and master, it, it's stuff that's reasonably doable so I, i'd just be realistic about you know and know that there are of course there are going to be limitations there are limitations in school aren't there in, in terms of how much we can expect yeah. and high expectations don't necessarily mean completing every piece of every specification at gcse by the end of you know by the end of year seven Absolutely of course it doesn't right. yeah. you know the expectations are are, are are um leveled differently throughout throughout the years and that's why we have five years at, at secondary and that's why you have the time at primary as well yeah well, thanks for answering my question. You can get back to your habits now. I won't interrupt you oh, Thank again. you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's very good of you. Uh, th- th- third one is first things first. So, you know, once you've decided that course of action, think about what, you know, what you are going to do first and maybe establishing those routines and that, that timetable of what's expected is, is, is good with that. There's no point launching into the work without having a, a structure of how that's going to work and what's going to be expected throughout each day. And the next one is thinking about win-win. How do you make sure that this is a positive experience for both parties? You know, yes, it's, of course it's going to benefit the young person, your, your kids, of course it is, because they're doing, they're doing work um, that they usually will be doing in school, they're, they're doing it at home because of the circumstances they're in. But actually, if, if that particular piece of work is a massive detriment and a massive problem and creates a division in your relationship with your own child, then you know, surely it's, you've got to think positively about how you can make sure that that... that you can navigate that. Which sort of links into the next one, which is seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I think as a teacher, that's important, isn't it? That that understanding of 
the young person that you're working with, we, we have to understand that this situation for them is so, so, so strange and surreal. And a week ago, they were sitting at a, a desk doing maths work in a maths classroom, surrounded by maths posters and a math, with a maths teacher at the front. Yeah. And now they've been asked to do maths work um, at the kitchen table with you know, the four-year-old brother charging around and trying to pull the slippers off and that sort of thing. And you know, understanding that your kids are, are, are struggling with this, it's difficult, it's challenging, I think it's really important. And then there's synergize and bring everything together, but actually then another one, the final habit of a highly effective person is sharpen the saw, and that's about making sure that you keep yourself on top of... You know, the, if you're the, the, the educator, in inverted commas, if you're the teacher, you know, make sure that you keep yourself in shape and sharpen, and that's to do with your sort of, I suppose, your hour's worth of government-sanctioned exercise every uh, every day. <laughs> make sure you get that in as well. <laughs> Have you been getting your government-sanctioned exercise in, Chris? Oh, very much so. Yeah, obviously in line with what the government is currently sanctioning, I have been enjoying one piece of, of exercise a day uh, and it has been a welcome tonic, let me tell you. I've not been in school today. My deputy has been in there and he actually put his name on the sign outside my school in the head teacher slot. That's an, an, an abject disgrace, Chris. Yeah, he'll probably regret that, but um, that that's not to... It sounds quite menacing, that, quite sinister. Well, that's not to be discussed over the airwaves, Matt, but just just rest assured it'll be, it'll be dealt with. Um, uh, well, I'm, knowing you, I'm sure it will be dealt with. <laughs> uh, I'm absolutely sure it will be dealt with. Well, it will be, in the, in the nicest possible way. We've got to Thanks. get our children into habits, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. I, because this, we don't know how long this is going to be for, but it won't be, you know, it's not going to be just a week, is it? You know, we're not going to be dragged back on Monday morning and, and told, right, OK, schools are reopening. That's not going to it's, happen. It's looking it's unlikely, really Matt. It's period. looking unlikely, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> it certainly I, is. You know, I, you, I've, I've done a bit of reading as well. So, I yeah, think... I have. Well, listening. I listen, listen to books largely these days, but it still counts. Okay. still counts as reading as far as I'm concerned. Great book. Uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear and he talks about the habit loop where you start with a cue creates a craving you get the response and then you get the reward and it's a really simple loop to try and get people to do what you want them to do one example is you're driving to work and you see the golden arches of McDonald's that's the cue the craving, the craving would be yeah, in the good old days, in the glory days the craving would be, obviously, Tuesday. you fancy a Monday. sausage and egg McMuffin and maybe a couple of hash oh, browns. Your, oh. your response is to turn into the drive through and your reward is that lovely McDonald's breakfast that satisfies your craving. What we want to try and do is create that... But do you feel ashamed after a McDonald's breakfast? Uh, I wouldn't say ashamed. Maybe a, a hint of... I feel a sense of like, ah, oh, was that worth it? Was that worth yeah. it? I'm just going to feel greasy all day. Yeah, it's, it's the grease that the hash browns leave around your mouth and it's weighing up whether that is worth worth the uh, the reward that you get from the instant gratification of eating the meal. Um, but we, we And the coffee as well, that, to quote Alan Partridge, is hotter than the sun. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we can save that for another episode by, by, every, uh, sure. by all means. Uh, but, you know, I'm trying to help our listeners here with, with motivation. Q, craving, response, reward. Leave some cues okay. out for the children. Hang on, sorry, sorry, Chris. Uh, my little lad is here. Uh, what do you want, Theo? You got your iPad? Well, I'm using that to record, so that's very inconvenient. Can I have it for ten minutes? He's shaking his head, but I think we can talk him round. Yeah. Um, it, why is he not doing any work? Just, um, 
Because it's six o'clock at night, Chris. That's oh, okay, fair enough. Um, fair enough. <laughs> do you want to borrow my guitar? Do you want to borrow my guitar? You don't want anything else apart from the iPad that I'm that I'm using, do you? Uh, uh, well, we, we've got to try and create that habit loop at home because as soon as a child picks up a new habit, it frees up the cognitive load in their brains to work yeah. on other things and, and those habits become unconscious. So we need to try and get some cues around our homes that have become our schools. Uh, and that could be anything. It could be something as simple as having a really good spot to do some work mm. with the work laid out, ready to go. You know, you talk about procrastinating when you want, you don't want to go out for a run. It's much easier if, you, if your kit's there, isn't it? Ready to go and get on so you can get out. It's the same with work. If, the, if it's there for them, ready to get going, then that's a great cue to get them started. You can start building their cravings with possibly, not necessarily a bribe, Matthew, but the, the promise of some sort of reward. We use rewards at school. Why wouldn't you use them at home? It doesn't have to be confectionery-based. Uh, it could be a, a sticker chart. Even children up to the age of 15, 16 love stickers. Let's, let's not pretend that they don't. They love them. So sticker yeah, charts are good. They'll tell you a million times they don't, but yeah, absolutely. The pride at getting a, a sticker yeah, is, I, is not I've, 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 at yeah, all. And it's so important to get some sort of system like that. My wife and I had a bit of an argument about our system. She's got a five-peg system where they lose a peg if they're if they're not working. I, I, I'm struggling with it at the moment. I'm going to let it go for a while and uh, and, and see how it goes. And, you know, if, if it works, then I'll obviously be man enough to admit that, that she was right. Yeah. Um, but uh, use anything you can to generate that craving to do the work. You'll get the response and then the reward will come at the end of it. That reward might be the fact that they've completed more work than they ever dreamed they would. And they get that, that intrin mastery, intrinsic yeah, that mastery reward. Of a concept is important, isn't it? As well, you know that, that yeah. pride you can feel when you can actually do something that you feel like you've been banging your head against a brick wall for a while, and that moment when it clicks and you think, "Ah, right, I've got it." And that there are very few extrinsic rewards that can match that intrinsic reward. Yeah, of, yes, exactly right. And and I think a few parents are going to feel that intrinsic reward because mm. they're going to be learning stuff. Like I was talking to someone earlier who's trying to teach their ten-year-old uh, long division. And they're having to teach it to themselves first and then teach it to their children. But I think people will get a bit of enjoyment out of that. Definitely. I really definitely. genuinely think they will. So get those habits going. And then once you've got some habits going, try and stack another habit on top of that one. So mm. once they get into the habit of doing one good thing, try and get them to follow it up with, with something else, like tidying their desk. Anything like that could be an absolute winner. Mm. Obviously, procrast procrastination, I mentioned, is a bit of a, a problem, isn't it? Same for us as adults. And we've got to let them know that it's normal to procrastinate. But I think if you've got some sort of timetable, it could be beneficial. You're more likely to do something if it is planned into your timetable, to your diary. Um, otherwise, you're going to have to end up like uh, Victor Hugo. Do you, uh, Victor Hugo, are you a fan of his work, Matt? Um, big fan. Um, big, big, big fan what's your of... favorite what's your favorite of his his work well i mean the best of victor hugo is my favorite really um, is it yeah, it's, yeah yeah masterpiece yeah what, what about hunchback of notre dame big fan big fan um you know yeah. all of that so so the story of of that again this is to told in james clear's book is that he was procrastinating so much 
that he got one of his servants to hide all of his clothes, yeah. except a shawl, so that he couldn't leave his house. Just so and he just I mean, trotted around his house in a shawl and wrote The Hunchback of Notre Dame, got it finished way before he thought he would, and uh, it was published in, of course, January... You'll January, know. yes, correct. Ja- January, January. January 1831, of course. 1831. Um, I am a particular fan of Les Miserables. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, we all dreamed a dream. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, 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 yeah. Not, not cheery enough for my taste, but each to, each to their own. Yeah, to to each their own. Um, you, go on, please. Have you got something else to add? I was, I was one more thing. I keep banging on about this book, but it really is very good. <laughs> Having an accountability partner is an absolute winner. So, if you're going to do something, or you're planning to do something in your head, great. If you're planning to do something in your head, and then you tell people that you're planning to do it, you've got to do it. That immediately makes you more likely to do it. Yeah. And it's almost like you've got that habit contract built up in, in your head. So that could be something that you could build with, with students or your yeah. children or whoever you're working with. Ask them what they're planning to do and what they hope to do. Then they'll have to tell you and it immediately commits them to doing it. It's the same with the Joe Wick stuff. I've started doing the Joe Wick stuff with my children because I promised them I would every day. And, yeah, it, and it's a killer, but it's a great way to start the day. And, and some, some heads, I think, are sneering at that, but I think it's an absolute winner start the day with that. And that sort of links in nicely to another part of this podcast, really, which is about you know, us giving practical tips. And, and, and I think everything that we've given, hopefully, has been, has been useful to people. But actually, signposting towards particular resources and bits and pieces that people can go to, to to support with what they're doing every day. But you know, in terms of things that we've seen, Joe Wicks we've mentioned, which is I think absolutely fantastic. And um, did you see the moment this morning where he brought his? Well, he didn't bring it. She she just ran on. Um, How well behaved was she, by the way? Uh, well, and a better. Um, what was it? A lunge she did or a squat? Was um, it a squat? Was it a squat? Whatever it was, it was better than I would ever do. It was, it was exceptional. Bless her. Absolutely exceptional. And another one that I've used with my two, um, which has been really good actually, and has led to some interesting conversations about uh, particular animals and wildlife and that sort of thing. And I've mentioned tigers before. I don't want you to think I'm some weird tiger bloke um, mm. because I mentioned the Tiger King, which is, is not, repeat, not uh, stimulus material for any Key Stage 2, 3, or indeed 4 lesson um, at right. all. It's on Netflix. It's- it's very Good much disclaimer. I've not, I've not seen it. I, do, you, do you think I should watch that? Do you think anyone listening should watch that? It is absolutely worth watching. It gets weirder and weirder and weirder. It gets more right. and more and more surreal and bizarre. So, yeah, I mean, the world is pretty strange at the moment, but um, yeah. it, it gets ramped up to sort of 12, 13, 14 out of 10 when you turn the Tiger King on of an evening. So, okay. But anyway, what I was going to say was... Uh, if you Google tiger or shark or snake, I think lion's on there as well, and you can click on a 3D picture, whether it's on a phone or whether it's on an iPad or whatever, um, and you can actually almost sort of transpose a, a, a 3D animal onto wherever you are, so it uses the, the, the device's camera, and this oh, okay. sort of yeah, lion yeah. Can, yeah. Be, um, can be sitting there, or a snake. Um, and it's a good one to, to sort of try out on immediate family members who are terrified of particular animals as well. 
I, I believe that's called augmented reality, is that right? I believe it is, Chris. Yeah, it's yeah, um, very impressive, which led to some facts about uh, snakes that I didn't know. Um, and frankly, can't remember either. But still, it was uh, it's very good. Uh, something that my little girls' uh, class are doing, that all the mums are on a, a WhatsApp group, and they're sending particular students, uh, particular kids are sending challenges around to the other um the other kids through a video and then the other kids are responding and it, I suppose it takes all sorts of permissions and videos are taken yeah. and all sorts of stuff so be careful any reason that. why any reason why you're not in that group yourself Matt you said all the mums uh, it's, mom, it's a mum's group oh, there is, I mean there is a dad's group um, good good but there are only two yeah. of us in it so it's oh, more okay. of just a message to, to my friend really um, books yeah that, that's good so my little girl Liv set the challenge yesterday to find five 3D shapes in the house and a few of them came back with 3D shapes, which is good. Okay, and then today we're going to find five things around the house. I mean, she's not in year 11, so don't worry. Like, these are pretty, you know, she's in year one. Um, yeah. Got to find, find five, five things, things around the house. the letter B. D. B. D. 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 For dog. Okay. Okay, dog. Yeah. Yeah. And doll. Okay. Yeah. And there were two yeah. others. I can't remember what they were. Okay. It's a dangerous game. I mean, of all the items that possibly could be found in a house. I think um, you're playing a, ga- a dangerous game there. Well, it was somebody else's challenge and Liv frankly rose to it within two minutes, so I was very proud of her. Okay, very who proud. chose the letter D just out of interest? Uh, I can't remember who it was. One of the kids in the right. class. Uh, okay, um, okay. And that's fair. All, that's their choice, isn't it? All pretty innocent. Yeah, good. Very nice. Good, good, and good. the other one is um, courtesy of TV's own Carol Vorderman. Oh, Carol. Who has got a, a website called The Maths Factor. From what I can see, primarily aimed at primary. And uh, she's made that in the, the current sort of climate. She's made it, made it free. I don't know if she's made it free or whether she's just on the website. But from what I can see, she's heavily involved in it. And she's made it made it free, which is amazing. Uh, for people. Good to old with. Carol. Shout good out to Carol. Carol Vorderman. Not old Carol, but good Carol. Good, good excellent good Carol. Carol. Yeah. yeah. We had a, another message, didn't we, from Sarah, who I think is one of the parents at, at my school, Brighton Hill Community School, the Yellow Army, asking mm. what they should be what they should be prioritising in the first two weeks of this in, enforced homeschooling setup. I would th- I would say to that, I mean, it's similar to what we've been saying before, isn't it? Get the systems in place. Don't put too high expectations on it just now. Remember. Um, Simon Sinek's book which is a great read or listen The Infinite Game it's a long old game you're going to be playing out there parents and carers we're on your side but don't go off too fast pace yourself ignore any short term failures don't get overly elated by short term successes but remember that you're in it for the long term as yeah. far as we know, or or until further notice, as some Indeed. would say. On brand, good. Um, and I think the other part of that is that, you know, in terms of the pictures on Facebook and Instagram and all the rest of it from parents, those ones that are really jazzy lessons and all the interesting stuff that they're doing and all sorts of stuff, that, you know, that that's fantastic. But actually the stuff that is going to be there for the long haul, the stuff about establishing routine and getting expectations set, etc., etc., that stuff isn't Instagrammable and Facebookable because that's yeah. conversations and positive dialogue and 
making sure those expectations are set and, and setting that environment, I think, isn't it? Rather than doing the, the, the stuff that will lead to the, the learning happening. Yeah, absolutely right. And and I, although we're their parents and that we're their carers, we're, we're forming a whole new relationship here, aren't we, with, with our children that yeah. they're, they're maybe not used to. And yeah. it's going to make or break some people and it is going to be tough. You know, I've, I'm, I'm a trained teacher, you're a trained teacher, but as parents, it's so much harder with your own children. Yeah. I, I, can't, I cannot emphasise that enough. So those of you who are struggling, don't worry about it. We're all struggling, but we've just yeah. got to assure ourselves that all these little bits that we're doing now will build up to something wonderful and our children will be in much better places than they would have been if you hadn't put so much work into this. So that's the end of today's podcast. Uh, that's the end of Until Further Notice. Hope it's been useful. Any questions that you've got, make sure you do send them over to us on Twitter at PodcastUFN. Please fire us over any messages that you might have, as long as they're nice and not defamatory or unpleasant. Um, uh, and please I think we'll set, up a, we'll set up an email address and a Facebook page at some stage, won't we, Matt? Yeah, we'll do that, all that. Just and, and the other thing, before we finish, I'd just like to apologise for a few things. Um, this is the first time Chris or I have ever done anything like this. And it's, uh, it's remarkable the amount of technology that you actually need. So um, whilst on the first one, I understand that I sound like I'm in a cave. I am not in a cave. I'm in a room that uh, is above a new kitchen that we've had done and needs a carpet and needs some soft furnishings. So if it sounds like I'm in sort of a, um, a an echoey cell, that's pretty much what I'm in. Uh, in fairness, though, that's probably exactly what you would expect someone who is hiding in a cave to say as a cover story what would you say to people who might make allegations such as that i mean i would say that there aren't many caves i know of in wakefield um right. you could, yeah good un- unless there are um and i mean i mean I suppose it could be part of a bigger a bigger thing um at some stage i'll just put a picture sounds like you're scratching around for a, a cover story there have, have i a little bit, a yeah. little bit. Okay. I'm struggling no, with it. Let's move on. I, move, I, move on, mate. Move on. We'll... Okay, yeah. fair enough. The other part is the the rather stereotypical, in inverted commas, theme music of um, Just a School Bell. We will get to that. Yeah, we'll we will. That. And the other thing is the picture. I know it looks like it's been done by um, a six-year-old in an IT lesson, um, but again, we'll get to it. It's the first time we've ever done anything like this. Stay with us. We will make things less shabby, and more shabby chic as we go on. Okay, so that's it really. Make sure you follow us on Spotify, like us, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at PodcastUFN and stay in touch with us as much as you possibly can. We're going to get through all of this hardship together uh, and we hope that we can help you through these tough times.